And we are back for take two. Yeah. We'll explain for Off Trail with Luke and Chandler. I'm Luke. I'm Chandler. And this is Off Trail. We're back again. Mm-hmm. Little minor technical difficulties. Yeah. Ironically enough, in an episode, we want to do about gear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were going to get out and, and start the episode with a little, you know, word that we believe we have fixed our problems mm-hmm. and issues with some audio equipment. But ironically, we were going to say that, and then our thing runs out of battery. Yeah. But uh, we think we'll have enough to get through the episode. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. But if, you, fingers. but if you heard a little crackling, kind of staticky noise in the background of previous episodes, we believe we have solved that. Just hopefully. Yeah. FYI. We're on to it. We're not audio experts, so. Yeah. We're camera experts. We're doing our best. audio experts. We're doing our best. But Chandler, I'd like to start the episode with a proposal for you. Hit me. And I want your take on it. Propose to me. Well, I'm not going to do that, but... <laughs> My proposal is that gear does not matter. What is your take on that, good hmm. sir? I think you are correct to a point. Um, I the that statement is it, it's kind of a funny one. There's a lot of people throw that around. Gear doesn't matter. Um, just work with what you have. Um, you know, you don't have to have the fanciest camera. You don't have to have the nicest equipment to get good stuff. And that's true. To a point. Um, If you're just getting into photography, or if you're just looking to take good photos, it doesn't matter too much. You don't have to have the Canon R5. You don't have to have the Sony um, A7 R5. You don't have to have any of the nice brand new stuff. I have been shooting on a Canon 6D for a year and a half, almost two years now. And that's the only thing I've shot on. Canon 60 paired with a EF lens, um, 28 to 135 from 1997. So, like, I've been using old gear for a while, and I've been pretty satisfied with the images that I've gotten from it. It pains me to admit it, but I've also been satisfied. I'm with so the happy to hear that. That you've gotten. This is the best day of my life. You know, it's a good thing this is recorded. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately for you. But but I think that is a good example. Mm-hmm. You know, you're using a camera that is, I don't know exactly how old, but it's it's older. It's older. It's certainly yeah. outdated. Um, there's better versions, of, even of that camera that came out. There's a Mark II of it. Yeah, um, yeah. This is the Mark I, the one that came out in 2014. Right. So, um, And obviously your lens is, is quite old as well. And yeah. so it's, it's a testament that you can get great work without mm-hmm. having all the newest, fanciest gear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think another good example of this is our buddy Ian Kincaid, mm-hmm. um, who we know through Instagram. Um, he lives in Missouri, so we don't get to necessarily hang out with him. Yeah. But, and I can't remember the camera model that he said he has, but he does use um, one of the entry-level cameras. Yeah. And... He takes phenomenal photos. Yeah, he's great. And so it's the same exact thing. You know, he, he does not have the brand new camera that's worth $5,000, mm-hmm. a lens that's worth $3,000. Yeah. He literally just, you know, uses that camera. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, it's it's great. He gets great stuff. Yeah. So. And, and so it really is something that everyone needs to keep in mind is that 
you can do great work without having all the best gear. Yeah. But, and this is where we get into your mm-hmm. your butt. This is a butt. Yep. There are definitely limitations to some gear. Mm-hmm. Specifically, a lot of the cheaper gear you will find. Yeah. And like your kit lens. And that's because, um, at least the one main example that I can think of in this argument, is when it comes to aperture. With the kit lens, you can only stop down so far. Yeah. And if you're someone like me who likes to dabble in portraits, well, it's probably not going to be the ideal lens for you. Because, you know, when I'm shooting, I like to use my 50 millimeter, which mm-hmm. can stop down to f1.2. Such a nice lens. It's buttery smooth. Yeah. But I can do certain things with that lens stylistically mm-hmm. that I could not achieve with other equipment. Yeah. And that is why I paid the money for it. Yeah. And you pay good money for that lens. That's a good lens. It, it is a phenomenal so. lens. It's my baby. It, yeah. And if I did not upgrade to that, it's different trying to shoot portraits. Mm-hmm. You know? Or like I can't achieve some of the same looks that I like to try and do at least occasionally. Yeah. And so that is definitely an area that you have to keep in mind. Is like if there are certain stylistic things, it could be harder because yeah. you're not getting more expensive gear. Yeah. And that's the thing with like when you're getting into photography, you don't want to get, you know, the newest brand new. Like we have known some guys who they get into photography and they drop seven, eight grand on a kit, you know, and they've never picked up a camera before and they jump in and they drop that much money and they don't even know how to use it. So one of the benefits of using a cheaper setup is you can actually take the time, learn how to use a camera property, learn about aperture, ISO, shutter speed, how all three, you know, the the triangle of, I can't think of exposure. The, the exposure triangle, yeah. Learn how that works. You can learn about compositions. There, there's there's so much that you can learn on a cheap camera. You don't need to pay five, six, seven, fifteen grand, you know, on a camera system. Yeah, you know, it must have been. I don't know, maybe like a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. I actually recommended to someone to kind of go down this road. Um, I told them that, you know, if you're not sure whether this is going to be a long-term hobby or interest or something that's just a short-term fad, mm-hmm. then maybe the best thing that you can do is to not worry about getting a camera set up yet and simply use your phone yeah. To, to start learning about all the different aspects and techniques in photography. Because while your phone, and yes, phone cameras are great, but they still cannot do. And, you know, maybe not for a very long time, will not be able to do some of the things that our camera setups can do. That's why mm-hmm. we pay the money for them. Yep. But that does not mean there are not things you cannot learn. Yep. You can still go through and learn all about composition. Mm. whether it be with landscapes or with portraits, you know, that you can take some good time and really dive into this craft, this hobby, and develop your skills before you have to spend another penny. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, that's a that's what I did. You know, when I first started in it, getting into this thing, I was shooting on my phone, on an iPhone 8. Um, and I learned a ton. There, there, there's so much to learn where you don't need to have like a nice camera to do and a phone is perfect for that and you know like you said a phone takes perfectly fine photos they're not necessarily like 
high megapixel photos or anything like that. They don't have great dynamic range, but there's a lot of things that they don't have, but there's a lot of things that they do have. There's a lot of benefit that shooting on a phone does have. So Yeah, it's it's a great learning tool. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like to say. Yeah. You know, I am I mean, I hardly take photos with my phone to begin with, with even just quick like, you know, photos for a memory or something. Yeah. I, I just don't use my phone to take photos. Yeah. Because I have my camera on mm-hmm. me most times if I am wanting a photo. Yeah. But if you're just starting out, and especially this is where, like, you know, I'm jealous of these people. If you want to go hiking and take photos, well, you don't have to take a huge bag of photography gear. No. <laughs> All you have to do is lug around the phone that's already in your pocket. Yeah, that's easy. Because I know you're not going up on a hike without your phone. You don't go anywhere without your phone. Yeah. So you already have it on you. Mm-hmm. You may as well try and learn on that first. Yep. And, you know, maybe you get to take some more time to figure out and do some research on other gear. Ask a photographer's opinion on what you should do. Yeah. And that's actually, I think, another really good thing that people need to do if they're getting into this sphere is find a photographer and ask their opinion on what you should do. Yeah. I have people ask me all the time what they should be looking for yeah, in a camera. Yeah, same, yeah. And, and I frankly love giving recommendations. You know, mm-hmm. I'm Canon's biggest fan, so Canon's yeah. getting a ton of money coming their way because of my recommendations. I don't know why you're not sponsored yet. But asking a photographer on what gear you should look for is going to give you the best idea. Yeah, it really is. And then just taking the time to do the research. You know, like when I was um, looking at getting a camera, I probably researched cameras for like six months prior to even buying one. You know, I... I went through all of Sony's. I went through all of Canon's. I did not look at Nikon's. Just kidding. I probably looked at Nikon's for like five minutes. I never looked um, at Nikon. I never would. No, I don't know why. You I don't would. want my eyes to burn. I, well, yeah. Mine did. Well, that's why I stopped. It was like my eyes Yeah, you got glasses and you're yeah. like, I can't look at they, Nikon's yeah, Exactly, yeah. It ruined my eyesight because anyways. But um, no, it's it's just take the time. And yeah, you know, like you said, just ask for photographer's opinion. So... You're not going to get a better opinion than the people who use the gear that you're looking to get. So, Right. So I think with all of that said, let's talk about our own setups. So Chandler, I'd like you to go first. What is in your bag? And this is obviously not a little, you know, what's in my bag video. Yeah. I think we're just going to talk about it. Yeah. Hopefully you can keep up. Everyday carry. What's up, everybody? <laughs> um, no, so I, I shoot on a couple things. So I work. I, I do photography and videography for Lifetime Products. So I do have access to a, a little bit, a handful of their gear. So I shoot um, with my Canon 60. That goes with me everywhere with a Tamron 17 to 35. And I've had that lens for, I don't know, seven, eight months now. I bought it because I was going to start doing real estate photography. I remember that. Yeah. And Tamron lenses are great. They're phenomenal lenses, and they're super cheap. So I picked one up, and I don't think it's really left my camera. But like, I don't think it's come off my camera since I bought it. It's filming us right now. It's filming us right now, yeah. It's a great lens. Um, so I use that, and I use that for a lot of my landscape stuff. Um, and I love it. Um, and then I use a Sony A7R III, um, which I got, which is it's my work camera on a 24-70 uh, to 70 lens. Um, it's the Sony GM and love that camera. This is where it gets interesting because now we have a Canon fanboy mm-hmm. with a Canon and a Sony, 
with an older Canon and a newer Sony. So it gets a little bit interesting because I, I it, it's really made me realize that there is a there's quite a difference between the two, between the two camera systems um, and between the two brands just in general. Um, I love the Canon because it's pretty easy to use. I mean it, that you know again it's it's an older camera so it's a little bit easier to figure out how to use a you know cheaper camera from 2014. Um, but I love the colors on it i love the dynamic range it's a lower megapixel camera so like the night photography is awesome i can get really good astro stuff with that there's a lot of people who do astrophotography on the canon 60 still today like people who do this professionally you know they use the canon 60 or the, the 60 mark ii um and you know they'll do an infrared conversion on it and stuff like that and they'll, they'll use it for astro cameras um it's a great camera so I love that the can the colors that come right out of the, the camera, they're they're awesome, phenomenal. They're phenomenal. And, and being someone who's never truly seen the raws mm -hmm. of a Sony camera, now that I've seen them from yours when we've been doing work here and everything, yeah. there's a massive difference. Yeah, and I could not imagine trying to edit those. Yeah, on a regular basis. It's it's crazy because some people say that like, you know, there there's no such thing as Canon colors and Sony colors, and there there's there's everything's exactly the same. That is so not the case. So, I mean, if you pull a raw file from a Canon, you know, from a Canon camera shot in whatever, you know, the flattest form, the standard, in a, in a standard, standard profile, profile, everything, um, and then compare that to a Sony one, again, shot in the standard profile, it's going to be a night and day difference. So it's so much harder. Like, in my experience, you can get a Sony can like, Sony's produced great photos it's not that Absolutely. they don't they, great image quality but you just have to push the photo so much further to get to that point get the colors to get the colors right, the colors right contrast everything. but yeah yeah like the the starting the starting place that you're working from mm -hmm. with a canon raw is it, it blew my mind when i saw it for the first time yeah it, it is in my opinion so much better yeah and easier to work with yeah there is i mean there is a benefit it, particularly with video too, there is right. a benefit to having a flat profile, like a really flat profile. It just conserves so much more data. Um, and Sony cameras, the newer Sony cameras especially, have a ton of dynamic range. Like the A7R3 versus the Canon 60. I mean, granted, one's you know only a three-year-old camera, one is a uh, eight-year-old camera. But the dynamic range on that is I can push those Sony files so much further than I can the Canon ones. Um, but even with like newer ones, like the Sony ones, they have sometimes just a hair more dynamic range than some of the Canon cameras, and that's because they have the flatter profiles. But if you're doing like landscape photography, it's like you don't need, right. and it's not that much of a difference too. Right. So. Well, say in in my opinion, from what I've seen and what I can tell between these images, I, I just don't think it's anything. Like I, I don't know if it's worth it. To get the Sony's for whatever benefits they have mm -hmm. over Canyons or Canons, yeah. For the colors, I mean, why not just get the Canon and not have to work as much in post? Yeah, that's my argument. I well, guess. I think so. Again, this goes back to gear doesn't matter until it does. Um, if you want something that's going to be really good for landscape photography, hundred percent get a Canon camera. I mean, not only do you get you know the colors and you get the great image quality and whatnot. But you also get really good weather sealing. And Sony cameras are not known for their weather sealing. 
they, I mean, those, they, they fall apart so easy if you take them out, you know, to do seascape photography or just general landscape photography. I would never take the Sony out into like a snowstorm or something. Whereas like I've taken my Canon through, I don't know how many like rainstorms. I mean, I it spent a week on the Oregon coast, rain the whole time. Totally fine. No problem. Yeah. So. I've never had a problem with mine either. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I don't, I don't even worry about it. Yeah. And I don't even have like the best Canon where like mine might be completely weather sealed for life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm well, just like, hey, if it rains, it rains, I'll be good. Yeah. Well, we actually, so we have a buddy, um, Timmy, Mountain Folk. Mm-hmm. Um, he shoots on a Canon 60 as well. Canon 60 and a Canon R, I believe. But the reason he got the Canon R was because he dropped his Canon 60 fell over into a river completely submerged so he was like oh now i gotta go get a new camera went and picked up a canon r a couple days later the canon 60 came back to life works great now so nice fell in a river that's convenient yeah good for you timmy yeah that's awesome well i like to hear you got the canon r because that's what i shoot on yeah you know i i started out on an entry-level camera with a canon sl3 and then i I usually say I quickly outgrew that one yeah. and was ready for something new. And so I got the Canon R, which at the time was Canon's newest camera. Mm-hmm. They had not come out with the R5 or the R6 yet. Yeah, You know, they had the RP, um, but the R was the new camera. Yeah. Um, when they were first getting into the full-frame mirrorless stuff, yeah. Yes, and I, th- I think I still got it a year or two after that, mm-hmm. after it officially had come out. But... They did not have their new flagship, you know, mirrorless yeah. cameras yet. Yeah, no. um, but so I got the R, and for the longest time, I was shooting on a twenty-four to seventy f two point eight. You know, very common mm-hmm. lens that Good a lot lens. of people have, yeah. and it is a great lens. I got to the point where I don't know, I wasn't ha- happy with what I was doing, and I just decided, maybe foolishly, to sell that and completely redo my setup. Mm-hmm. I picked up a 15 to 35 f2.8, mm-hmm. another very common lens. Good lens. Yeah, very good it's lens. It's the RF one, right? Yep. Yes. So now I almost primarily shoot on RF glass. Mm-hmm. And so I have that one. And then I also have my 50 millimeter f1.2. Yeah. And that one's my favorite by far. It's an incredible lens. I know. You're practically married to it. I so. am. Yeah. Um, but I primarily use those two. I do have the 7200 and the EF version, mm-hmm. um, F2.8. And I will rarely pull that out. Mm-hmm. I just don't like carrying it around because it's so heavy. Yeah. And then I also have the 100 millimeter macro lens, F2.8 from Canon, uh, that I don't use much, but there are very cool uses for it. Mm-hmm. One of them is we do, I've done a lot of the product photography for us yeah. using that lens and it's great for that it's purpose. It's so good. Yeah. It's so sharp and mm-hmm. you know, you get great depth of field still. Um, it, it's a really, really great lens for that purpose, but otherwise I don't need to use it much. Yeah. Um, it kind of just sits on the shelf upstairs for the most part. Yeah. But, but it's nice to have. Yeah. It really is. And, and so that's my main setup and it's worked great. You know, that's what I always, I recommend the R to a ton of people. Yeah. And it's for the reason we talked about before. It's like, yeah, it's not the R6 or the R5 or now the R3. Yeah. And it's not the R6 Mark II that's coming out somewhat soon. You know, it's fourth in line now. Yeah. 
you know, in, in terms of Canon's mirrorless line. But I have no issues with it. Yeah. I've always got great stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's like, to me, it's at least a personal testament to the idea that I do not need a new camera. Yeah. I'm very happy with what I have. That's, a, yeah, and that's, I mean, it, it's been kind of funny watching, you know, you go through your own photography journey for the last, I don't know how long we've known, a little over a year. And um, it's, I don't know why you would need one either. It's, it, it's great, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's everything I need. And there's a couple things where I'm like, ah, it'd be nice, and you know, the newer cameras have the, yeah. that functionality. But that's more what it is. It's it would be nice. Yeah, like, so. but I don't need. I actually even found a, a workaround around the issue of my of the R not having the intervalometer. Yeah. To do time lapses. Yeah. You know, so like I don't now I don't need to actually get a new camera for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but the R is exactly what I need. And when I see people like, oh, no, I need the R6 or R5, I'm like, do you, though? Yeah. Like, do you really? Again, it just comes down to what you're doing. You know, so. yes, they have a little better video capabilities, and I will see that point. Yeah. But but otherwise, like, like what do you really do that you need that top-of-the-line gear? Mm-hmm. You know, if you need a fast shutter to be able to do, like, sports photography, I get it. Yeah. You, you The R is not going to be your go-to camera. Yeah. But, you know, if you're not doing that kind of photography, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, with the landscapes, the artwork's great. Yeah. I don't need to take my photos in high burst mode. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like, I don't need to take video of landscapes at 240 frames a second. Yeah. So, you know, it's about knowing what it is that you want to do Mm -hmm. in photography and finding the gear that will allow you to do that. And, yeah. not, and not feeling like you have to go more than that. Yeah. Well, I think another good example, I and mean, we're kind of pushing a lot of examples out here, but I think another good one that we've talked about a little bit recently is wildlife photography. Right. Like wildlife photography is really tough for the two of us, not because we don't have great camera systems, but because we don't have the lenses. We don't have the, the long lens. Yeah. And those lenses are so expensive, and they're huge. I don't know that I would like lugging one of those around, but it's hard for us to do good wildlife photography because we don't have... That equipment. So that would be a case if we were going to get into that, and if, and if we knew that we were going to stick to that, then yeah, I would invest in something like that. I don't know, or we just need to really figure out how to do you know wildlife, say of bears with my fifteen millimeter lens. It's going to be a little I, more of a challenge. Yeah, but that's, yeah, I think in that case, if you're doing a bear photo with a fifteen millimeter lens, you're probably dead. Well, we'll or, find out. Yeah, we'll find out. We could test it. Yeah, I hear Courtney knows where to find good bears. Yeah, so, without bear spray. Without bear spray. Yeah. So uh, the last part of our setups that we haven't talked about is, I think, honestly, maybe the more fun part about photography, mm-hmm. especially being here in Utah, is drones. Drones, yeah. Now, I think we have the same drone. or No, you have the Air 2S. 2S. You just have yeah. the Air 2, I just right? Have the Air 2. Yeah, so yeah. basically the same. There's mm-hmm. some minor differences, but yeah. basically the same. And let's just talk about drones for a minute. How fun are drones? Drones are so much fun. So much fun. Um, we do a lot of drone work at work. Um, Get that drone video of your coolers? Of the coolers, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, no, it's super fun to use them with, with like kayaks and stuff. Um, but we recently got, um, and this is maybe going to sound a little bit contradicting to our gear doesn't matter until it does, but... Uh, we were trying to shoot like high end commercial stuff. So it kind of right. does, it kind of does yeah. matter. But, um, we just recently got the Mavic three or Mavic pro three 
Cine version. So it's like the top of the line. It's like the best DJI drone you can get. And that thing is phenomenal. It is so fun to fly. And the images and videos that it captures, oh, it's so good. Yeah. So, Dro- so, so drones good. are incredible. Yeah. And not even fun. like the, the best one. I mean, the best one's really cool. Yeah. But, like I remember the first time I picked up my drone and flew it mm-hmm. out of the soft flats. I was like, this is the greatest toy I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, same. Like, of my entire life. Greatest $700 I've ever spent in my life. Seriously. So. I mean, it is a blast mm-hmm. just to zoom around. Not yeah. even take photos, but just yeah. to fly. Just to fly it, yeah. You know, I feel super cool yeah. when I show up somewhere <laughs> with a drone. I'm like, yeah, I got a drone. I know. Well, it's, it's kind of funny, too, because, like, we know a lot of people who have drones. Like, a lot of our friends have drones. But when we go to situations where, you know, there's just, like regular people i guess around you pull out your drone they're like whoa this is yeah. amazing yeah i just launch from my hand yeah they're like that's the coolest thing ever you know it comes back down i catch it they're like what what yeah. i'm yeah. like yeah i'm cool yeah i've only cut my <laughs> finger twice only twice yeah dude i saw one wasn't my fault but i saw a picture today on instagram of some guy who cut his finger on his drone and it like ripped the whole top of his finger open gnarly dude, those drones gnarly. i tell you having been cut twice and one Believe it or not, while the drone wasn't even on, it was off. (laughs) Those blades, they're sharp. They are. When they get going, they they move fast, they cut deep, and they're thin. Mm -hmm. They just slice right through you. Yeah. And you bleed for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I cut mine was when we did the sand dunes last year. Yeah. And that cut me through my mitten, too. Yeah. And I was bleeding for an hour and a half. Yeah. Just wouldn't stop. It was insane. I mean, you have to be careful around those oh, things. Oh, yeah. you got to be really cautious. But you do look really cool when you catch them. Yeah. But you're not supposed to. Yeah. Or um, if you hit yourself in the face. Yeah. We'll have to get that story on why. Yeah. Um, but no, the drones are super cool. Yeah. You have some phenomenal opportunities to take unique photos mm-hmm. of places being from the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my top-down series that I do on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And like those photos, I just, I could look at all day. They're so it's, cool. And not just like pumping my photos, but it's like just that style mm-hmm. of photography is so neat. Yeah. It's just a, a, a way to view the world that you never would have imagined. Yeah. No. It is, it is, yeah. You don't really, the average, the average person doesn't really have like the accessibility to see it like that. So it just opens up, yeah, a whole new, a whole new world. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sweet. But, yeah. but I guess, not disclaimer, but warning, you do have to know the rules and regulations around flying if oh. you're getting a drone. Oh, absolutely. You have to fly smart. Yeah, yeah. There's but, a lot There's a lot of stuff to know. Yeah, and we're not going to go into that now just for the sake of time, but yeah. you do have to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You have to be smart. Yep. But uh, have you ever flown an FPV drone? I have not. Those ones. But I want to. Those ones are fun. I did the simulator on my phone. <laughs> Same thing. Even that was hard. <laughs> Dude, so, they're, no, they're wicked. I mean, we know some people who, who you know, fly them a lot um we have one at work that we fly and it's it's so much fun i yeah. it makes me want to get like i will sell my current drone for an fpv i i th- well, i don't know maybe not but <laughs> I, I wouldn't because i just want both yeah but it, it's well like yeah you don't get the good photos yeah so but the fpvs do look cool they're and they fly fast. yeah but you want to feel cool yeah but i think maybe we'll have to well did oh we should do a segment sometime of like our favorite FPV videos that we find. Oh, that's a good that idea. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. I think we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Well, I think that's going to be a good place to stop for today. Yeah. Without diving into too much and creating three more episodes out of this one 
yeah. video. Yeah. So we'll stop now. I like it. Um, and we have some more ideas for the future. This is why we started good. this, was because we can exactly. just go on exactly. so many different We didn't plan trails. any of this conversation. No, we didn't. Yeah. So, well, if you're listening or watching, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel because this is a video podcast as mm-hmm. well, um, not just audio. So you can find us on YouTube at The Bushwhackers. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell mm-hmm. so you can be notified once we upload a video. You can also find us on all major podcasting platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Amazon Pod- Music, Music yeah. um, and Google Podcasts. And Google Podcasts. Yeah. So we have a, a, a number of platforms you can find us. So make yeah. sure you go find us, subscribe to whatever channel you're going to listen or watch, and keep up with what we're doing. Yeah. And if you have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about, by all means, submit them. Yeah, there's links below the, the video. So go check out. There's our Instagram. There's Bushwhackers Instagram websites. Yeah. Everything. We're, we're literally filming this right now at like 11 p.m. So yeah. we have way too much time in the, in the middle of the night. Yeah. So we'd be happy to film an episode and on, release them. Yeah. On so. whatever. So that's it. Yep. That's all. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.